Welcome to Noggin, the Simple Psychology Podcast, where we discuss scientific research in simple and exciting ways that is applicable to everyone. I'm Ben Rasmussen. And I'm McKay Heaton. And we are your hosts. Imagine you have knee pain that affects your ability to carry out your day-to-day functions. For some of you, this is probably pretty easy to imagine. (laughs) But for some others, just go ahead and imagine with me for a minute. So with this knee pain, you spend lots of money on doctor's appointments, knee braces, and any treatment that you can find in hopes of alleviating this knee pain. One day, your doctor mentions that there's a new experimental knee surgery for repairing knees that have a similar injury to yours. So you decide to sign up for the surgery. The surgery goes well, your recovery goes smoothly, and your knee pain is totally gone. You're cured, and you can return to activities that you haven't been able to do since before your injury. You're grateful for the surgery and for the advances of modern medicine that have allowed you a chance at getting back to physical freedom without that knee pain. A few months later, though, you find out that the study had two groups. Half of the participants were in a group that received an actual knee surgery, and the other half received a fake surgery. Surely I was in the group that received the real surgery. I'm cured after all, you say to yourself. There's no way that a fake surgery could take away my knee pain, right? Wrong. You find out that you're in the fake knee surgery group. So how is that possible? Today, we're going to be talking about this phenomenon that scientists have been studying for decades. We now know that there's a strong relationship between the expectations a person has and the likelihood of that outcome actually happening. So stick around to learn more about this powerful placebo and what that can mean for all of us. Well, today we are going to be talking about the placebo effect. We are glad that you're listening to this. This, I think this will be a really exciting episode. There's, we have some pretty jaw-dropping articles that we're going to be talking about today. So a lot of people have heard about the placebo effect. Um, that's a, a pretty common thing we hear about. Oh, this is a placebo. This doesn't actually work. It's just a placebo. Um, so today we're going to be kind of unpacking what the placebo effect is, what it's capable of, and also just a little bit of history into the placebo effect. So the placebo effect is just a simple definition. It's a beneficial health outcome resulting from a person's anticipation that an intervention will help. So basically something good happens because someone's expecting that it will happen. The placebo by itself as a substance has no therapeutic value. Um, Some common examples of placebo in research are sugar pills, saline injections, and even sham surgeries. Saline is just salt water for anyone who doesn't know what saline is. It's just salt water. So instead of injecting a drug, you inject salt water. And that's basically, it just doesn't do anything mm-hmm. to your body. And then there's, and then sham surgeries are like same thing, cutting, you know, cutting you open and then like pretending to use tools on you and mm-hmm. actually not changing anything in your body, just cutting you open like you would a normal surgery. So yeah, that's, that's a good, that's are. a good clarification. And these placebos are honestly pretty intricate sometimes like what we'll talk about today with these sham surgeries is they mimic all of the conditions of a real surgery they just don't perform the actual surgery which is really interesting yeah prepare for your minds to be blown (laughs) so the placebo effect was coined the placebo effect as we know it today at least was coined in 1955 by henry k beecher he published a study called the powerful placebo and in that article he kind of gathered a, a bunch of different studies together and looked at how the placebo effect was played a, a factor in various medical studies. So there were 15 trials with different diseases, for example, headaches, fatigue, nausea. And of the 1,082 patients that were involved in these studies, about 35 of them 
thirty five percent. Thirty yeah, sorry, thirty five percent of that's a big difference. Thirty five percent of them, so over a third, um, in the study were satisfactory relieved by a placebo alone. So even though they weren't given any sort of medication, any sort of real surgery, any sort of actual drug injection. Um, their symptoms were relieved by this placebo. And so since then, there's been an enormous amount of research that's gone into this. Today, generally, researchers see this as a scientific fact. And in fact, when scientists are conducting research to investigate the efficacy or effectiveness of a treatment, um, using a placebo group is standard practice. And without a placebo group, there's actually no way to know if the treatment is actually effective or not, because it could just be a placebo. So we have a few research articles for you guys today that we want to share with you that we think are pretty cool regarding the placebo effect. So the first one is called arthroscopic partial meniscectomy versus sham surgery for a degenerative meniscal tear, which is quite the mouthful. <laughs> um, this that's, one That's research for you. <laughs> and Ben's going to translate because he's fluent in research. <laughs> yeah. So that's fancy title speak for a knee surgery versus a sham surgery for people with meniscus tears. So this was a research article that was published out of Finland. Um, in the, 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 it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, though, and it came out December 26, 2013. Basically, the, these researchers wanted to test the effectiveness of a knee surgery on the meniscus in patients with damage to that part of their knee. So they, they gathered 146 patients aged 35 to 65 who had knee pain for more than three months that was unresponsive to conventional conservative treatment and had clinical findings consistent with a tear of the menis medial meniscus. Basically, what that means is they had knee pain for more than three months and the doctors, when they looked at them, they checked out for um, having some sort of tear in their meniscus. So the patients were randomly assigned to either a surgery group in which the damaged part of the meniscus was removed or they received a sham surgery. Sham surgery. Sham surgery. <laughs> also, yeah, fast. also a mouthful. <laughs> so for the sham surgery, what they did is they mimicked all of the conditions of the real surgery. So they had them lay down on the table. They opened them up. Um, they even took a little bit of a razor and they rubbed it on their knee so they could feel it. But in the real surgery, what they did was they scraped off and removed um, the damaged part of the meniscus. And in the sham surgery, they kind of just touched them with some tools and then they closed them back up. But down even to the minutes, like the time required for the surgery, the sham surgery looked exactly like the actual meniscus surgery. Yeah, they were they were super particular. They even said the same. So, so in the fake surgery, they said the same words that they would say in the real surgery. So uh -huh. the doctor was like, scalpel. <laughs> he said the same things he would say as if he was doing the real surgery. So just to be 100% controlling of the experiment because they didn't want to maybe even though the patients were unconscious they didn't want them to think their unconscious brains right. heard the doctor didn't hear the doctor say anything so they wouldn't get better yeah that know? had to cover all their bases so they <laughs> yeah so they they went like hardcore on this they did everything the exact same except for scraping off the menis meniscus tear yeah as far as the results go this is where my mind was blown when i read through this blown. so me too there was no difference between the groups so both groups had significant improvement after the knee surgery and it did not matter whether they received the actual knee surgery or just the sham surgery <laughs> <laughs> that's that, crazy <laughs> yeah that's so nuts to me like you just cut someone open 
stick some tools in there. Close them back up. <laughs> close them back up and you're like, you're good. And if they believe it, then it's going to yeah. work. And so you can even watch videos of people. They've inter- they've since interviewed people who have received sham knee surgeries and they will testify to their dying breath that their knee is better and their life has changed because of it. That is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That just blows your mind. And so so the amount of people that got better were the same, even if they had a real surgery or a fake surgery. And so that that is like the placebo effect in action. That is like the power of the placebo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can really you know, make you better, even yeah. though nothing happened to you. Yeah. So it's reasons like this that in research articles, you often read about them having a placebo group when they're testing something like this, because if these researchers would have just tried out this knee surgery to see if it worked, they would have seen that, yes, it does work, but it's not actually the knee surgery that actually does anything. It's, it's just the, the act of the surgeon going in there and them thinking that there's some sort of revolutionary treatment they're receiving. So it's not just sham knee surgeries. We also have another article yeah, surgeries are surgeries, but how does the placebo effect work in every every other mm-hmm. aspect? Because like, not everyone's going to get a knee surgery. Right. Yeah. So another one that's really common, a common sort of drug that we wanted to talk about are antidepressant medications. So there's been lots of research that's gone into how effective antidepressant medications actually are. And so the next study that we have to share with you is actually a meta-analysis, which is just a study of studies. Yeah, so they, so these researchers, they just took studies from 1980 to 2005. So they took all these studies that have been done in these 25 years worth of studies and all of the ones that fit their criteria for antidepressant placebo studies, and then they studied those studies. So... It, it's meta-analyses are meta-analyses. Meta-analyses. Meta-analyses are good because they. It's a very general picture of all of the research. So basically, what they do is they take the average effect size of all the studies, and the effect size is pretty much just like how much did it work, how much did it actually do, what was the effect, and so they started out with over ten thousand studies. They narrowed it down to ninety six. And the results of those 96 studies showed that 67% of antidepressant effects were due to placebo. That means that most of what an antidepressant drug is doing is just giving you something and giving you hopefully a positive expectation about that drug, which helps you to get better. Yeah, which is also insane because so many people, so many people take antidepressants, two thirds of them are working just because they think it's going to work. Yeah. Not necessarily because it's actually changing their brain or their chemical, you know, or the neurotransmitters in their brain. It's just like, oh, I think this 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 pill is going to fix me. Mm-hmm. And it does because they believe it, because they think it's they have that positive expectation towards it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy, mind-blowing. <laughs> but keep believing. If you're taking antidepressants and it's working, keep believing. I don't want you to stop believing. Yeah, when I was reading through these articles, I was kind of thinking, okay, what kind of takeaway can we give our listeners? And it's definitely not to throw out your antidepressants because they do work for a lot of people. So if they work for you, keep taking them, keep believing. Don't stop believing, that's for sure. Listen to Journey. <laughs> Yeah, so that those are the two kind of articles we wanted to dive in with you. Um, but there are thousands of other articles that have been published about the placebo effect. So, McKay, do you want to kind of talk about some of those other significant studies that we looked at? So, 
you know, we talked about surgeries. We talked about medication. There's so many different ways that placebos actually work. And so one of them I think is super cool is we'll just go very lightly on top of these, not super in-depth. But, you know, if someone is going through some sort of painful event like electrical shock and there's someone next to them holding their hand and if that person is a stranger then their pain will be rated higher the rate their pain is significantly higher than if that person holding their hand is their significant other so that is also mind-blowing to me yeah because that's another well we call it a placebo i don't know what it is but (laughs) it's you just can't you know like just because you know this person and they're holding your hand you have less pain crazy <laughs> and so they've done a lot on pain another one about pain is if you're going through another you know if if people are going through a painful experience and a family member or a friend is just inside of the room as opposed to a stranger or you know a random nurse then you're, you will rate your pain as less if you have a family member in the room as well. So kind of same thing as the hand-holding experiment also blows my mind. But those are just two things that I'm just like, oh my goodness, I got <laughs> to show up for my friends in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I got to be there so they uh-huh. can have less pain, you know? Yeah, some other placebos is kind of along the same lines as antidepressant medication. Anxiety placebos also work, as well as this last one here, meaning to your pain equals less pain. Do you want to tell us what that is, McKay? Oh, I love I love this one too. So so doctors, they tell the patients, they'd be like, hey, we're going to give you this super like painful electrical shock, but we're going to give it to, to your leg because it's, it's actually beneficial for your muscle. And so they told that to one group and then they go to this other group and they're like, hey, we're going to give you this super painful electrical shock just because. Then they shock both groups and both groups rate their pain. And so the the group who was shocked and the doctor said like, hey, it's beneficial to you, who had meaning to their pain, they rated their pain as significantly less as well. Mm. Uh, you know, significantly less than the other group who was just pain for pain. So, you know, that can be applied into all sorts of aspects of life, whatever type of pain you're going through. This, they did physical, you know, they did physical pain, but it makes me wonder about emotional pain yeah if you have meaning in your life how how well do you fare with emotional pain and I, i'm not aware of any studies that go through that but if there might are, be a future episode yeah please <laughs> let me know i'd love to read them but that just makes me wonder about other types of pain and maybe if i'm doing something super painful i'm like i can you know, find a way to give myself some meaning mm-hmm. you know a super painful workout like i i can do it because it's good for me you know <laughs> my muscles are gonna get huge yeah so our, our main takeaway from these studies and learning about the placebo effect once again don't throw away your medications and don't not get a surgery if your doctor says it's going to be good for you but just reading through this it's clear that a healthy dose of optimism can go a long way one thing that the depression meta-analysis mentioned is that taking away the positive expectations about this was they're just citing another study but this was about pain medication but if you take away the positive expectations about pain medications they decrease in their effectiveness and it takes higher doses to obtain the desired effect. So that's not with placebos anymore. That's with real medication. If people didn't think the, the pain medication was going to work for them, they needed more of it for it to actually work. So my takeaway from this is if you kind of go into something, whether it's a treatment 
or any any sort of situation and you kind of have a healthy dose of optimism you don't need to necessarily wear rose-colored glasses all the time but if you just give it a chance and you expect it to work it'll probably work a lot better than if you think something is not going to work that's what the placebo effect tells us yeah and you know my takeaway similar to ben's i mean i started questioning after looking you know after diving into the placebo research i started questioning okay what is my mindset towards towards everything towards medications like how do i feel about taking medication what's my mindset towards a doctor like do i really believe the doctors that i go to do i really believe that they're good and that they do well what's my mindset towards pain what's my mindset towards anxiety or anxiousness am i scared you, you know am i scared that it's going to overcome me or am i like oh no like this is going to go away in about 10 minutes you know so that's what that's what I started doing. I don't have the answers to everything, mm -hmm. but I started analyzing how I think towards certain things, towards, you know, anxiety, depression, and surgery. It's important to recognize that our minds are powerful tools. And so we should never doubt the power of just your mindset, how you feel and how you think going into a treatment or oh, a surgery yeah. or how you feel and how you look towards, yeah, like you were saying, your anxiety or tough things you're going through. Our minds are really powerful tools. You have been listening to Noggin, the Simple Psychology Podcast. Thank you for listening to our show. We really appreciate it. We have shared with you only two articles of the thousands that have been published on this subject. Though we wish we could go more in depth, we hope you've enjoyed our introduction and interpretation of this topic. We don't claim to know everything, but we have shared with you our takeaways from reading the research. I'm McKay. And I'm Ben. And we hope you have a great rest of your day.